Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about leadership in your marriage. And President John Quincy Adams had this to say about leadership. He said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. And we're going to be talking today about That's how... awesome. That is awesome. I love that. You know, and talking about leadership and stepping out and what that really means to be a leader, but specifically a leader in your marriage and the fact that it's time, it's time for you guys to step up and be leaders in your marriage. But before we get to all the content today, you know that we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And this week's hug is brought to you by the Sex Without Sheets online marriage conference. This coming Saturday, June 6, 2015, Tony and I are keynoting in the Sex Without Sheets conference. This is an online conference. So for all of you that have complained in the past, oh, it's too far to travel. Oh, we don't want to get a hotel room. Oh, we got to take care of childcare. You know, all of these reasons why you can't attend. This conference takes away all those obstacles for you, right? It's online. It's going to be recorded. So even if you're somewhere else or doing something else on Saturday, you can still be a part and be able to participate in and listen to this conference. So I got to tell you, registration time is running out. It is almost over. And so you guys have got to get signed up. You got to go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash SWS and enter one in the checkout. Just go to just go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash SWS. There you go. See, it's, it's coming up so fast that they're even changing how we're supposed to do this. So oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash SWS. Don't miss out on this opportunity to invest in your marriage, to really dig deep with all of these other marriage experts, not just us. I mean, we want you to, we want you to tune in because we're going to be there, but we want you to tune in because the speakers and the breakout sessions that have been brought together, these guys, these are our friends. These are going to be people that are going to transform your marriage. You're going to want to get signed up for this and you don't want to miss it. It's this Saturday, June 6th. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you're listening to this on June 2nd, this is your last day to get it for $47. So don't wait because after that, from June 3rd to the, when it is, it goes up to 127. So it is a huge savings. So grab it. Again, oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash SWS. You get the conference for 47 bucks. The recording, the videos, all that will come out probably the week after. So if you can't make it or you can't hang out for all of it, you're good to go. And really, where can you go to a conference or get conference materials for less than the cost of a dinner or a yep. night out? So make sure you get signed up for that. So this uh, 
hug came to us from a gentleman who says, I'm a college professor in my late 20s who recently came across your podcast about a month ago. Awesome. As an academic-minded person, I'm always thinking of ways to do research before I make a big life decision, whether that be the purchase of a new car or, in this case, pursuing a Christian woman for marriage. I've already listened to about 10 of your episodes and plan on eventually listening to them all. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for all that you do. I'm sure you're flooded with these kinds of emails. Or, yeah, I'm sure you flood quite often, but specifically, I wanted to take the time to let you both know as a millennial that it drives me absolutely insane about how much society, both Christian and non, stresses the extreme importance of the wedding day as prom 5.0, when really we should be waiting to celebrate wedding anniversaries with that kind of love and enthusiasm. Amen to that. Oh my gosh, that'll be a podcast for another day. Right there. I mean, that <laughs> if you take anything away from this show, right there, boom, beautiful. He said, it's the same reason why I've never understood why we as a society go over the moon to congratulate students for being accepted into a university, when all that really does is guarantee that the student will give the university their money. I love this guy. (laughs) He said, I come from a broken home where my mom was a single parent and struggled with mental health issues. I tried for years to make her happy, but failed, which drew me to the women of the Disney generation who were waiting for their soulmate to complete them. Naturally, this was an extremely unhealthy foundation for a relationship which had no real foundation, especially when it came to Christ. I have recently been beyond blessed by reconnecting with a good friend whom I had originally met my first semester of college. Mm. She is the kind of woman you don't date, but marry. A strong Christian who has never needed a man to save her because she always knew that that was why God sent his son Jesus in the first place. Mm. I've shared your podcast with her as we are both trying to navigate the sometimes seemingly overwhelming waters of our courtship toward engagement and eventually the goal of a lifelong marriage. Once again, listening to your openness and honesty has been beyond refreshing, especially on such serious topics as sex. Anyway, I'm not sure if you'll even have time to give my email a read. Just as a side note, we do read all the emails, even if we don't respond to them as quickly as you would like. Nevertheless, make it out. But if you have a chance, I want to say thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all that you do, and God bless you both. I now feel as though I'm compiling my own playbook, So when the inevitable problems arise in our dating or God-willing future marriage that breaks so many couples apart, we will have the knowledge, love, patience, and strength to pursue them for the benefit of strengthening our Christian marriage. Mm. Love you. Uh, Speechless. Yeah. You know, because this directly Mm. ties into what we're talking about today, right? And here's a couple that they're not even married yet, and they are looking for ways to lead. In their marriage. And and honestly, guys, you know, kudos to them. I wish we had had that kind of foresight prior to getting married or, you know, even dating. I mean, they're so much farther ahead of where we were that I'm just like, whoa. But, you know, how often is this this leadership vacuum happening in your marriage? I mean, we joke about it. And for those of you that have seen us live, Tony and I often do this little skit where, you know, we get up on stage and we say, you know, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. Just pick something. What do you want to do? No, you pick somewhere. I don't care. (sighs) Seriously, just pick somewhere. Right? And I mean, we can do this. You can go on and on for like 10 minutes. We don't, but you could. Right? And you all have been there. You know, this is sitting in the car for a lot of you with the babysitter on the clock and 20 minutes go by and you're like, at this point in time, I'm just frustrated. Just pick something. All right. Not only are you frustrated, once you finally do pick a place, you're you're nitpicking your spouse, not talking to them, possibly, or you may even be yelling at each other because you couldn't pick a place to go eat. Now, 
the whole picking out someplace to go to dinner and somebody taking the lead there, that's kind of a lighthearted attempt to share with you what's really going on here, right? Because when it comes to picking dinner for a date night, not necessarily an earth-shattering decision. And yet, it can really derail you. Oh, sure. You know, it can totally derail you for that evening or for that date day and can continue on if you guys can't figure out how to navigate who's leading and who's not. And as I look at this and as I look at the emails that come in every week, you know, Tony and I were talking about this the other day and I said, you know what, there is a crisis of leadership in marriage these days. There's an absolute crisis. And, And there's three different ways that I see this playing out. You know, in some marriages, nobody wants to step up and lead. That little exchange that Tony and I did with the, what do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. For some of you, that is playing out with every decision that needs to be made. And so what's happening in your marriage? Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's saying, you know what, I'm going to take a stand on this one. I- I'm going to say, you know what, if we need to save for a vacation, I'm going to do it. Nobody's doing that. You know, in other marriages... And and ladies, I'm going to call some of you out here. You are constantly referring to your husband as your extra child, right? He has become so emasculated because he's not allowed to be the leader that he was created to be that you've railroaded him, right? And so you're, you're writing to me saying, I want my husband to be more of a leader, And when we investigate that a little bit, when you and I start peeling back the layers, I'm like, well, he's not leading because he doesn't get any opportunities to, because everything he does is wrong, because Mm -hmm. he doesn't do it the way that you do it. And guys, I'm not leaving you out here, so don't think that I was just picking on the ladies, because guys, for some of you in your marriages, you are not showing your wife that her opinions matter or have value, that she is gifted in certain areas that you are not. And so she could actually lead in those areas. You're just dismissing her and you're railroading her. Mm-hmm. Right? These, these are the different types of leadership crises that I've been able to identify. And guys, this isn't just happening in other people's marriages. Okay? I, I will declare right now that these, each one of these have happened in our own marriage. Yeah. In different seasons. Because I went to college. And I bought into this idea that, you know, I was going to be the strong woman, right? And I was basically going to railroad my way to the top and, and I was going to do all this kind of stuff. And then I met this guy, Tony, and um, we got married, you know, Data got married. And then, you know, like we'd go out to corporate events and things like that, business thing. And, you know, I bought into the idea that if I was going to be a strong woman, well, I definitely wasn't going to be married to a strong man. Like it was going to be my way or the highway, right? And so, you know, I was just like, you know, fierce. Mm-hmm. And here's, you know, and so I would be little Tony in front of our friends. I would make fun of him. I, I would demonstrate very openly that his opinions were really either stupid or inconsequential or you name it. Not valued. Not valued. Yeah. I mean, I would do this in front of people that were our peers, our friends. You know, so of course, where's, you know, where's the man that's going to lead my family? Well, he's not showing up because I've pushed him into a corner, right? And so that was one season of our marriage. Right. Yeah. Then we had those seasons where we're like a boat floating in the middle of a lake doing circles, right? Because nobody's leading. You know, we're trying to figure out like, how do we get to the other side? 
and nobody's picking up an oar. It's a boat without a rudder. A boat. And we just keep going in circles. We're like, I, I see it. Like, I see what's over there. Why can't we get there? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to pick up the oar first. You have to pick up the oar first. Right? You have to cast a vision. You have to say what we need to do next. No, I don't want to. You do it. And that one is, I, I would say, out of the three is still one that we will find ourselves in at times. And, you know, we'll, we'll catch ourselves doing that. And eventually it's like, wait a minute here, time out. We need to realize that one of us needs to take the lead here and make it happen. And in that instance, it's usually like, okay, which, which one of us has that effect impact the most? Mm-hmm. And it's usually that individual who then starts leading it. Because if it's something that has to deal with Elisa and her life and what's going on, but you know, she's not really looking at, you know, taking that on herself and looking for me to lead her, that's a little difficult, you know? So she could be explaining this all to me and I can, and I can give her guidance. And yet at the end of the day, she needs to stand up and begin to lead. And then I can follow her as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, the third one, and I, I want to come back to the second one, because the second one that we just described, that is the one that we find ourselves because we've taken care of the other two crises, crises of leadership. Because the third one was the one where, and this was, you know, maybe some of you that have children, you can relate to this. This was after, especially after the birth of our first child, when mm-hmm. I was transitioning from being in the workplace, be, you know, corporate and all this kind of stuff to, you know, my last day in a corporate office was the day my water broke. Pure, yeah, just plain and simple. That was the facts. Yeah. And, you know, so afterwards I was transitioning to being this full-time stay-at-home mom, had no clue. You know, we were stuck up in Spokane, Washington. I love Spokane, Washington, but in December with this little tiny newborn baby, I felt absolutely stuck. And to all our Spokane listeners, I love you guys. Love you, love you. But here I, here I was, I was like, I was no longer bringing in a paycheck. I was spending my day with, you know, breastfeeding and dirty diapers Tony was going out and, you know, slaying the proverbial dragon, you know, and bringing home the bacon. And I'm just like, you know, I have nothing to contribute, right? Like I I have gone from being this woman that, you know, was in board meetings and, you know, negotiating deals to, you know, diaper changer, chief diaper changer. Thank you very much. And so I didn't feel that Tony valued my opinion. I felt like, you know, he's the one making the money. And I'm not saying that Tony actually ever said this to me. I want to be very clear. And I, you, you can share if that was ever like anything that went through you, but this was my perception. Mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, in, in those instances, we can each look at, we can all look at each other and it's not the words that we say, but it's the reactions that we give the, the terse response in the sense of, you know, your spouse is giving you or sharing with you something and the way that you devalue them is just the the sounds, the body language, the the turning of away, the walking out the door without any words. So words don't necessarily have to ever be spoken for you to tear down your spouse. That's a good point. And that's probably more of what was going on during that period of time. And, and you know, here's the thing, guys. You each have leadership abilities. You each have gifts that are unique to you, things that you excel at, things that you're passionate about, things that if somebody said, go do this, you would do it in a heartbeat, right? And yet, 
you know, this weird thing happens. You, you know, get married, have the big fancy day, the dress, the ring, and all of a sudden you start to just like get all wonky in terms of your like, where am I going to lead? How am I going to lead? What does this look like? And the truth of the matter is, is that your marriage needs both of you to lead at different times. Okay. Sometimes you can have too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, yep. like I'll be honest, there are times when, you know, Tony and I both try and lead and sometimes it's in opposite directions. And so that can cause some conflict. That's, you know, you got to kind of take a look at that. But, you know, there are times, like Tony said, when, you know, it's my thing and I got to go lead that and I've got to you know be in charge of that. And there are times when I'm like, ah, you know what? It doesn't really matter to me, but it matters to Tony and it's something that he's gifted in. And so, you know what? I would be, I would be stupid to try and hold on to the leadership in that area and not even give it to him, right? When that's where he's supposed to be. And, you know, we talk about all, you know, throughout this whole show, we're talking about taking the lead. And, you know, it's funny as we're talking before we get on the air, he's like, well, are we going to talk about taking the lead in sex? And I said, you know what? Interestingly enough, it'll come up, but it's not the focus of the show. And I want to be very clear. We're talking about taking the lead in different aspects of your marriage. We absolutely want you to take the lead for date nights and for, you know, initiating sex. Absolutely. But I want you to imagine what your marriage is going to look like when the two of you share leadership of your future. When as leaders, you cast a vision for what you want your marriage to look like next year, in five years, in 25 years. What you want to, you know, if you have children, what you want their knowledge base to be what you want their perception of marriage to be. And, and as you cast that vision as leaders, you know, that quote from John Quincy Adams that I read at the beginning where he said, uh, let me find it here. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you're a leader. So what if by choosing to inspire your spouse to dream more about your life together, to learn more about how to be a better spouse, right? To, to do more around the house together, you know, recreational intimacy, all of this kind of stuff, and to become more. Then you're a leader, right? And what a tremendous gift to encourage and support your spouse to be more than they are today. I and mean, can you imagine, you know, you're looking over, you know, some of you are, you know, listening to this podcast while you got a picture of your spouse on your desk or, you know, some of you are, you know, out for a walk listening to it. You got, you know, the cute little um, earbud splitter. And so you both are listening to the show. Some of you, you know, are listening to this before your spouse comes in and you walk in and you're like, wow, what would our marriage look like if we both shared leadership? And so, mm -hmm. you know, what does this look like for the two of you? And I, I just want to point out, I think the perception of what leadership is needs to be changed. Mm. Because just like Elisa was reading the quote for today, leadership in this area doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're the CEO, That's you're, yeah. you're the board leader, you know, listen to, you know, listen again to what the quote says here, you know, if your actions inspire others to dream more, to learn more, do more, and become more, all of us can do that. All of us can dream more, inspire others, become more, 
in, in helping the one person that we said, I do to, to be able to get there as well. Well, and as you were reading that quote again, and, and just saying those last few sentences, you know, the one thing that sprung to mind is that leaders, true leaders are not micromanagers. Nope. And that goes for both sides of the marriage bed. You know, if, if you're nitpicking everything your husband does, or you're nitpicking everything your wife does, you are not a leader. You're or a micromanager. Okay. And that, and that oh, I'm sorry, I'm like on top of you. No, go for it. Um, <laughs> Is that a demonstration of leadership right there? That was. Ooh. Um, and, and you know what? Nobody wants that, especially your spouse. You know, you don't, you do not, you know, you want to have more emotional intimacy. You want to have more sexual intimacy. You want to be spiritually connected to your spouse. You, you got to get out of your, your mind and out of your heart and the way you do lead because micromanaging them is going to push them farther and farther away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it starts, it starts with a decision. I mean, leadership, you hear about some of the best leaders and who are they? They're servants, right? You know, they include people. They don't just make declarations and walk away, leaving somebody else to fulfill that order. Right. Right. So you need to start looking at these areas of your marriage. And I don't know what it is for the two of you. I don't know if finances are an area where somebody needs to step up or if it's recreational intimacy or if it's spiritual intimacy or if it's physical intimacy. I mean, we, we talked about that just briefly a few minutes ago, but yeah, you, you, you want to show one, know one thing that leaders do. They are very intentional. Leaders do not just kind of blow off time and waste time and do all this kind of stuff. Now, I'm not saying they don't have downtime because they actually, leaders schedule their downtime, right? Mm-hmm. They are intentional about all of their minutes because one of the things I think that's been interesting as I've studied leaders over time is that, you know, leaders know they've only got a certain amount of time, right? So they want to be intentional about every minute. And that's the way we should be living our marriages, guys. You have heard us say the word intentional I mean, I don't even know what the statistics are if we ran a search for intentional in our shows, but it probably comes up at least once a show, at least in the last hundred, right? And so, you know, what does that mean in terms of leadership? Like, you know, Tony and I are getting ready to go on vacation, right? And we actually just had dinner last night with a couple out of the one family who was in San Diego and we were able to, you know, have dinner with them. And one of the things that came up is, you know, they planned for their trip, Right? They plan their finances. We're getting ready to go to Santa Barbara. Shout out to all our fans in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And, you know, we've planned for that trip. We were intentional about it. And, you know, I just generally, in terms of leadership, make our vacation plans. Not that Tony isn't capable, but it's not a big deal for him. And I like knowing all the details. So, guess what? He just wants an email saying, What's our itinerary? That's it. He's satisfied. I've never steered us wrong. He doesn't need to get involved and put it on his plate. You know, if the two of you say that you want your kids to be in church and that going to church is something that matters to you and you want to raise your kids in faith, then you need to step up and make sure your kids are going to church. And what does that mean? That means that as a leader, you know, I mean, we had this this past weekend. One of the kids is like, I don't want to go to church. I'm like, well, it's Sunday. You're, you're talking to your mom. You're going to church. Right? Well, what if I ask dad? I go, Here's the really great thing. I know your dad's going to say the same thing. Why? Because this is an area that we've shared leadership. 
right? Our kids know that going to church is a priority. So they know that they're going to get the same answer. Mm-hmm. Shared leadership. You know, you want to stop, ladies, you want to stop having your husband act like an extra child? You want to stop referring to him as your, you know, fourth child or third child or whatever it is? Stop treating him that way, right? Treat your husband as your peer and your partner instead of calling him your kid. Because I tell you, I will, I promise you, every time you refer to your husband as your extra child, not only is he diminished in terms of leadership in your eyes, but that's also the case for whomever you're talking to. Mm-hmm. They will not see your husband as a peer, as an adult, as a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, men, you want your wife to be your partner? I'm telling you, include her in your decisions, right? Listen to her opinions because guess what? She might, she might just know better than you sometimes. And her perspective may cause you to evaluate whatever the situation is from a different angle. And it may just influence you to do something different. And it's one of those areas where we've seen through coaching that, hey, you know, a husband wants to get something. A wife at this moment in time doesn't feel comfortable with that. Whatever it it may be or that may be. And over time, through emotional intimacy, through talking through stuff, through working on the financial intimacy part of it, it comes around that they both are able to come together and make that purchase. Mm -hmm. And through that, you are gaining a peer instead of just pushing her or him aside and going, you don't matter and I'm going to just do this because I feel like I should do it. Or the other way where the, you know, one spouse says, absolutely not. You will not have this. You cannot have this. And it's like, what? I'm I'm not your child. Yeah. I'm a 45-year-old man. I, I can make decisions on my own. I mean, this now, is- again, we're going we're gonna to say this is all within the context of something that is within legal limits. You, you know what I mean? Obviously, if there's something that's just out of control and there needs to be an intervention, by all means, yes. So let, let's just make sure that we're all understanding this is within the confines of a, I, I would just say, a normal. Right. Right, nothing, nothing conversation like, but what Tony's describing actually you know happened with a coaching couple of mine you know a year ago I had my first call and there was you know something that was absolutely off the table the wife had dropped the hammer you know now that they've been working together as peers for the last you know 10 months completely different place he just made the purchase in December January and she's totally on board with it why because they decided to co-lead instead of one leader. You know, for those of you that want to have a better sex life, right? Like, you know, we get the email saying, I, I, you know, I want to see my you know, sexual intimacy improve over the next six months. Step up, become a leader. Start romancing your spouse. Start initiating sex. Instead of just complaining that you're not getting enough, romance your spouse into the bedroom. Enter the intimacy lifestyle. Listen to episode 140. I mean, that is a perfect way. And we continue to hear from folks that are implementing that in their marriage. And they're learning so much about each other and their sexual intimacy. So if you haven't listened to it, go. And what this boils down to is we don't want you to be rudderless, right? We don't want you spinning in circles. If you want to see a change in your marriage, in your home, stop waiting for it to happen and start making it happen. Because at the end of the day, 
it's not one person's a leader in a marriage and the other one has no say. It's not him, you know, it's not an us versus them or a me versus him or me versus her type of situation. Your partners, you know, to become one in marriage, you know, lead together. Step up when one of you is down. And there are going to be seasons when one of you is going to, you know, need to lead because the other one isn't able to for whatever reason, illness or, you know, Death in the family. Death in the family, overload at work, whatever it is. The other one needs to step up and lead. At the end of the day, though, if you get nothing else out of this episode, have a plan and a purpose for your marriage. Don't just wing it. Don't just say, you know what? Neither one of us are going to take charge because we don't want to step on anybody's toes. Figure out what your strengths are collectively as a couple and individually and play to your strengths. Your marriage is going to be better when you bring your strengths into the relationship. When you say, you know what, honey, you take the lead on this one. I got this thing over here, right? You build each other up instead of tearing each other down. And that's when you get out of that crisis of leadership in your marriage. That's when you say, you know what? You are a leader. You inspire me to do and become more. Yeah. And one way you guys can do that and get started is this weekend coming up June 6th. Sex Without Sheets Conference. So if you're ready to get going, both of you, or even one of you right now, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash SWS, sign up for the $47 deal that ends on June 2nd at midnight. So make sure you grab that. You guys, this is something that you will work on in your marriage from now until the end. You are, this isn't something that just happens one day and you guys are just like, woo, this is great. Elisa and I are still constantly working on this together. And do we get it right every single day? No. And yet every single day we get back up, we get back on the horse and we go and we try because what our desire is, is to help each other grow for us to both be able to dream and for us to both be able to lead our family, and ourselves to a future that we both desire and want. So go out there this week. We hope to see you at uh, Sex Without Sheets. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week.